I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Every Day Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Every Day Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Point of privilege. Quick point um, of personal privilege. Yes. Be honest, I don't know most of these guys. This is Armstrong and Getty. Pretty damn cool. Very fine people on both sides. Because I'm the kind of you want to know why. It is what it is. We've made it possible. With ridiculous bull****. But hey, hey, man. Right, I'm sure there's lots of ways that we can communicate. And then I was like, yay! Take a deep breath. Oh! All right, go, go. I'm sorry. Hey! Well, who wouldn't want an opportunity to talk to Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty? Well, uh, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty, who host the popular uh, radio talk show, ask the same question of their listeners, and here's their response. What trail is this a mix for? <laughs> the rugged path from your couch to your toilet? I give you America itself! This is Ed McMahon, and now, here's Armstrong and Getty. From a studio C. Si, senor! A dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound. And today, we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Billionaire philanthropist David Koch. Dead? At age 79. Hashtag Clinton body count. <laughs> the man was 79. Until Hillary snuck into the room behind him. Armed merely with a piano wire. Well, the, the left's bugaboo, the Koch brothers, is now the Koch brother. So fear him in the night, young progressive children. Mm. He's um, coming for your soul. I want to talk about more about that later because there's a book currently out about the Koch brothers saying, no, 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 people on the right, you don't understand what they were up to. So uh, maybe we'll talk about that later. I'm interested. Yeah. 
Um, kind of what we're going for. Mm-hmm. Interesting things? Yes. Um, so it's Friday. That's exciting, isn't it? Yes, I know, frankly. I, I know I'm half drunk. I, I should, certainly hope everyone else is. Half. Um, <laughs> so I'm watching a little TV last night. I flip on the uh, the, the cable news, and it's uh, Lawrence O'Donnell on MSNBC. Ah, yes. And they got a couple of uh, mental health professionals on there talking about how the president has clearly had a psychotic break. <laughs> And talking in completely serious tones. Wow. And, wow. I think, and I think when the public wakes up to the fact that they have a president who is in the me- middle of a psychotic break, <laughs> I think it's going to be a constitutional crisis. I Who's mean, got a com- hammer? In completely serious tones. That's Stop our, the hammering. That's our Stop of, the hammering. That's our level of conversation now. Oh, that's great. I mean, it's horrible, obviously, but it's absolutely hilarious. A psychotic brain. And I don't think it's going to ever go back to normal, at least not in the near future. I still say when Trump's gone, it doesn't go back. It's closer to what it is now than to what it was before. Yeah, see, I think uh, Trump is the uranium at the core of the reactor. Without his energy, uh, it, it, it just won't. It just won't be the same. You, you can't think, sustain it. You don't think there will be conservative uh, shows, sites, whatever, talking with 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 experts on explaining how. The, the current president is clearly a member of the Communist Party. Well, yeah, I think those sites will exist. I think they will fade more into the background. I stand ready to be corrected. We'll see. It wouldn't be the first time I'm wrong, and I will continue to be amazed slash amused slash disgusted by the world as I am now. Completely serious tones of the the people who have messianic complexes thinking that they're the chosen one is an indication of psychosis right Who's got a patients, i mean how do how do you possibly <laughs> take that sort of thing seriously well are there people taking that seriously yes absolutely they they weren't laughing they were looking at each other and just shaking their heads just so so disturbed that the man thinks he was chosen by god to fix the economy Someone yeah. in that control room is out of control. That's kind of his game, isn't it? Do we have the I'm the chosen one since that's what uh, I'm discussing? But Yeah, come on now. Um, I am the chosen one. We need to wear that out. <clears throat> uh, yeah, but, uh, you know, I'm d- not in the mood to do a lot of math, but what percentage of the... Okay, let's cut the American population in half. That's, uh, what, 165 million people. Yes, yeah. Then you got the uh, the adults among them. Let's say that's, I don't know, 100 million people. So of that 100 million people, how many people does MSNBC need to be successful? For that, 1%? For, well, for that particular show, it's probably got a rating of 80,000 people. Right. Watching across the whole country. So in answer to your question, yeah, there's that teeny percentage of wackadoos who thinks Lawrence O'Donnell is anything but an arse clown, I guess. And want to discuss in serious tones that the president thinks he's talking to God. Right. When he says I am the like chosen that. one. Right. You know, I, I've really never said that in your cubicle or something like that. I probably have myself. Oh, that I, you're nobody, the chosen nobody one. Nobody else is going to do these commercials. I guess I'm the chosen one. Okay, I am I'll the do. chosen one. That's what that means. Michael, Michael, Jack has had a psychotic break. Turn off his microphone. That's what that sarcastic comment me. Please means. Don't, please don't hurt me. It doesn't mean you think you're talking to God. <laughs> the Bible. <laughs> That's right, sir. Good oh, lord! Right if you pardon oh. the expression. Wow. Anyway, let's get inter- Hillary murder and Coke brothers. <laughs> We're all for reals, people. Am I the first person to think hashtag Clinton body count when they hear a Coke brother is dead? But you the see, man, we're saying it. 
was pushing 80. We're saying things like that, but in joking tones. Exactly. I know I'm joking. Right. You know I'm joking because we're giggling. Yes. I'm no. not having a serious Most discussion. Of you know it. <laughs> Judging by the email, some of you don't. Doctor, when you encounter patients who believe they are speaking to God, what usually happens? Well, what usually happens is they spiral even further down into harming either themselves or others. Wow. I mean, that sort of conversation. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Lawrence O'Donnell is hilarious. He may be our greatest comedian. Anyway, uh, let's introduce everybody in the squad. We'll start there with our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles. Pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? I uh, good. Went to the doctor yesterday for a physical, and it's just... <laughs> I've taken a look at you. You look fantastic. They said I'm in okay shape, but um, it's just funny. The, the bedside... Uh, what they call Did the he bed- raise his eyebrows when he said that? You're in okay shape. <laughs> well, I never actually got to see the doctor. It was just the nurse assistants. And so, yeah. uh, but the bedside manner is not always the best anymore, apparently, because I walk in and they... You know, I said, they go, step on the... She goes, step on the scale. I said, you want my shoes on or off? She goes... I don't care. It's just having just size. I, I have had that response too, and I've thought, you don't care. This, okay, all, it's a difference of like seven pounds, but whatever. Yeah. I don't care. You do what you want. That was their exact phrase. And I was just, do wow. what you want. <laughs> That's hilarious. But yeah. it's just, you know, okay, and it hooks me up for the blood pressure, squeeze, 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 squeeze. I, I, you know, I'm coming, I'm comfortable. I said, oh, this is getting uncomfortable. She goes, yeah, it'll do that. <laughs> that was her yeah, response, you know. Uh, radio legend Don Imus, who is now a retired, stupid idiot, tedious, stupid idiot. He uh, he used to get crazy angry because he's uh, he was an old guy, still is, and so his blood pressure was high. He really needed to monitor it. You go into the uh, uh, into the doctor's office. You walk. You sit down. They immediately slap the cuff on you. You're Feet are dangling off the table, which is another no-no. They're making you talk as you do it, which is a no-no. And then your blood pressure comes in 25 points high. And you're just not, they don't care. They just want to know that your blood isn't like squirting out your ears. It's so high or that you've gained 50 pounds or whatever. They don't give a crap. I um, recently got weighed for uh, applying for some more life insurance. And uh, had the same situation with uh, when I said, should I take my shoes off or you want me to leave on? She said, whichever. And I thought, it's a difference of a full BMI point, um, a, a decimal point, right. uh, whether I have my shoes on or not. So I'll go ahead and take them off. I mean, since that makes me healthier. Sure. I mean, why would I want that extra? If I'm wearing boots, they might be eight pounds. You got to strip all the way down, man. They're going to come into your house and poke you and ask you all sorts of personal questions. You're seeing it all. By the right? way, on the blood pressure thing, mine is about like 10 points on each number lower for the last several months. And I figured out why I think it is because I thought, why, why did it go less? I don't drink near as much coffee. Oh. Just that a- much less coffee, I think, and my blood pressure went down that much. Could be. It's interesting. Um, I'm down into the are you still alive territory on blood pressure. Are wow. you okay? Wow. <laughs> did you walk here under your own power? <laughs> did someone carry you in here? There is the pos- gift. Is that That's positive, the Sean, person. whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Uh, doing very Find well. Find out where this yes. is going on. It's either there yeah. or there. Yeah, Lawrence. Or out there yeah. somewhere. Yeah, we're working on it. We got you. Thanks, buddy. Um, uh, uh, yet another trailer time with Positive Sean is up on uh, armstrongandgetty.com. Now, this is the second time we have visited uh, Rambo last Blood. Now this, uh, I'm I'm only assuming by the title that this is the finale of the Rambo franchise, which started way back in the day with uh, First Blood. It wasn't even called Rambo until the sequel. Uh, so you see that you see how they went with the first blood. For the first, now they got the, the last blood. I saw it in the theater as a high school kid. I think that's how long Rambo's been around. Brian Dennehy was a jerk in that movie. Um, <laughs> 
And uh, so, yes, the, the trailer time is up. You can watch me watch this movie. It is, uh, it is a certain genre of movie that I also enjoy, where uh, a man with a certain set of skills with nothing left to lose is protecting the only family he's got left. There I'm you in. Go. There you go. I'm in. Pretty, Pretty shooty and punchy, I'm guessing. <laughs> shooty and punchy. So oh. just, just to clarify, people won't be watching you watching the movie. They'll be watching you watching the trailer of That's the movie. Correct, correct. You'll be watching yes. me watch the trailer, and you can also see the trailer as missed. well. It is not just a zoom in on my face. I see. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, there's Marsha Phillips, who does our news every day. How are you, Marsha? I'm doing very well. As you know, I've got a dinner date tomorrow night. Uh, I have been asked now to bring pie along with the wine and a handful of scratchers. Wow. So I wine and scratchers. You cannot on a, on a Saturday night yeah. you can't go dinner home. table events. So I'm kind of wondering, what do you think is uh, the best pie for a dinner date? I'm kind of leaning toward apple a la mode, perhaps. Oh, that's strong. Yeah. Anybody got any other suggestions? You know, uh, pie that signifies romance. What's the pie of love? I don't. Lemon I would, meringue is fun to say. Ooh. I would. <laughs> I would right now be. I hate to say Googling, but that's just such that if people know what you're talking about, I would be employing my favorite search engine right now to d- determine the aphrodisiac qualities of various fruits. <laughs> oh, good <laughs> and then Lord. seek oh. out that pie. See, I'm thinking the strawberry. Very what, what, sensual yeah. fruit. What? We have oh. here a betrayal of the algorithms, because when right. I put in best date pie, all I'm getting is recipes for pies with the actual fruit dates in them, oh. which sounds oh. horrible. Oh. A good date pie yeah. sounds delicious. You bring uh. a date pie to my house, and we're fighting. Uh, no. <laughs> no. Now, again, I, 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 kinda, I think the sensuality of apple pie. The sensuality of apple pie. I agree. I love the wholesomeness of it. I think yes. it just it's wholesome. That's what you're going for right there in the beginning. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm looking forward to this tomorrow night. She's cooking up a roast. I kind of oh, like wow, that sounds wow, fantastic. A roast. <laughs> a pie, roast you know. pie, wine, and then, yes. sc- then, then and scratchers. Then legal state gambling. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Supporting Beautiful. local schools. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And roads. Sure. Fantastic. <laughs> That's good stuff. Right. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is Friday, August 23rd, the year 2019. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. The strawberry... And the rhubarb, kind of a Freudian thing there, just saying, think about it. All right, let's begin the show officially now, according to FCC rules and regs. Here we go, at Mark. Hi, New York. Welcome to BlackCon. <laughs> what was that? Welcome to what? I'm what sorry, uh, you, you would like to hear it again, perhaps. Yes. Hi, New York. Welcome to BlackCon. BlackCon? Yeah, you seem to have more questions here. Let's let's hear what else this has. <laughs> So if you think like what Comic-Con is, but this is like everything butt related. So it's like butt health, butt hygiene, gut health, butt lift doctors, the convention of all things butt. I'm going to ignore the fact that she said butt health twice, but it's a convention of all things butts. <laughs> gotcha. Well, and my kids will my kids will be giggling at that one. And America has died. Wow. has cheap history. That's right, Senator McCain. <laughs> Um, uh, what are their headlines, Marshall? Well, a trade war escalating once again. China firing back. We've got a new poll that reveals a big problem for progressive Democratic presidential candidates. And America moves to wipe out robocalls. Oh, boy, I hope. God, it's so much worse. It seems, at least on my phone, I don't know if I, you know, a particular company got my number or whatever, but it's so much worse for me now than it was a month ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's out of hand. How does mailbag look? It's very good, Jack. We have a number of perspectives, uh, praise and criticism as usual. 
Um, you inadvertently unleashed what is considered by some to be one of the funniest moments in the history, the long, really tortured history of the Armstrong and Getty show. Well, yes. and, I, and I'm completely unaware of it. Uh, well, now when I remind you of it, you'll say, oh, right. <laughs> Right. That's fantastic. Yes. And, uh, oh, my gosh, a little bit later on in the show, a pair of emails from homeless people and those who deal every day with the homeless that is so diametrically opposed to the narrative you get on the media and the rest of it. It is. You must hear this. Can't wait to hear that coming up on the Armstrong and Getty show. Armstrong and Getty. I got this text. I was so happy to learn that I have the same trash day as you, Jack. That's funny. <laughs> um, we, we, there's some there's some interesting things to talk about. If you haven't heard how the city of San Francisco is changing the language about crime, we, we should do that again because it's getting a lot of national attention. We talked about it the other day, but it's oh, really yeah. catching on. Yeah, some powerful stuff, too, from... Homeless people, those who deal with the homeless, the L.A. Times, I'm telling you, and we've been shouting this for a long time, the narrative in the moron media is so inaccurate. Oh, all these people are mentally ill. They just need help. We need expensive programs. We need to pay for their apartments. We need No, junkies and bums do not need more. Uh, we're not going to have time for mailbag right now because we need to take a fun look back at the week that was. It's Cal Clips of the Week. BDS is a bullshit purity test by people who want to appear woke but actually slept through history class. What? But I just want to tell you what happens when I get to work. I have to clean up the poop and the pee off of my doorstep. I have to clean up the syringes. L.A., San Diego, Sacramento, San Francisco all face a surge in homeless. Last year, San Francisco received 27,000 requests to pick up human waste. But liberals have become utterly, pathetically illiberal, and it's a massive problem. What's the point of calling yourself a liberal if you don't allow anyone else to have a different view? Well, keep it short and sweet. Family, religion, friendship. These are the three demons you must slay if you wish to succeed in business. Just like in my generation, when I got out of school, that uh, when Bobby Kennedy and Dr. King had been assassinated in, in the 70s... Uh, Hey, thank you, everybody. I'm so happy with you, and I, I apologize. I couldn't be there in person. I had a canceled flight and could not get to you. Like anyone who's being honest with themselves, I know that I have made mistakes. I am sorry for harm I have caused. This is the Portland Police. There are no permits to march in the streets. Because it had to be done. And the smart people say, thank you very much. And the dumb people have no idea. And then you have the political people, and they go with the wind. Hey, on that whole thing of uh, uh, the liberal on the left, a former dean of Yale Law School with a piece out today about how crazy college campuses are going on. Preach, brother. From a Yale professor. Armstrong and Getty. 
Fantastic text. Another executive order on immigration from Trump. No more Uno. From now on, it's just called one. If you want to play that card game. <laughs> okay. I am the chosen one. It's an I'm executive right, order. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Playing one now. All right, people. Very good, sir. Uh, News now with Marsha Phillips. Our billionaire conservative activist and philanthropist David Koch is dead. He died today. He's 79 years old. Koch and his older brother Charles own the Nebraska-based energy and chemical company Koch Industries since 1983. The brothers are best known for building a huge network of conservative donors. They had directed donations to organize uh, to organizations that work to push for smaller government, mobilize voters, and persuade elected officials to support libertarian-leaning economic policies. Anyway, David Koch has passed away. Yeah, in uh, Wichita, Kansas, where I lived for a while, and my brother still lives, they, everything in the town is uh, is paid for and owned by the Koch brothers. The, 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 this building, that stadium, everything. Right. Because that's where they're from. But, uh, yeah, I was going to talk about that more later. There's a book out right now, just coincidentally, about the Koch brothers. And it's from somebody who's not a libertarian, who is a conservative, uh, <laughs> pointing out there are a lot of things that Koch brothers are into that a lot of you conservatives would really, really hate. I don't think you really know what, you, what you're talking about. Um, as far as uh, open borders, that sort of trade and that sort right. of thing that the yeah. Koch brothers uh, financed a lot of. And that's one of the reasons nothing has happened on illegal immigration all these years is because they're financing a lot of candidates who don't want to do anything about illegal immigration. They're more globalists yes, than anything else. Yeah. Okay. A trade? Well, yeah, I'm sorry. And, and the, the use of the term libertarian when you're talking right. about um, immigration makes me nuts because anybody who has... And I'm not talking about, you know, college sophomore obsessed libertarians. I'm talking about those of us who just want more liberty, less regulation, that sort of thing. Everybody knows you cannot have open borders and a generous welfare state. That is a deal breaker among deal breakers. And so anybody who advocates for one must advocate for the end of the, of the second one. But go on, Marsh. The trade war is escalating. China announcing new tariffs on $75 billion worth of U.S. goods. And Beijing is also planning to resume 25% tariffs on U.S. automobiles. That would start December 15th. It is the latest and one of the largest escalations in the ongoing trade war between the world's two biggest economies. By the way, a lot of people suggesting moon pie. Bring a moon pie to oh. the uh, dinner <laughs> tomorrow night, your big date. <clears throat> moon pie for a dinner date. All right. <laughs> well, it's just a suggestion. Democratic presidential candidates who have staked out the boldest positions on health care in the 2020 campaign may have a problem. While Medicare for All remains hugely popular, a recent poll shows majorities of Democratic liberals and moderates said they'd prefer to build on Obamacare to expand coverage. They are not in favor of Medicare for all. We've pointed it out on this show a lot. I haven't heard it enough other places that I think everybody gets it. So half of the Democratic Party considered themselves moderate or conservative. Uh-huh. And Joe Biden is really the only person up there saying that sort of thing. Certainly the only person in the top tier. He's representing half of the Democratic Party. And it will be interesting to see how that plays out on a debate stage when you finally get all the candidates together. It's kind of amusing to me that uh, Uncle Joe, who has tried repeatedly to run for president, may finally prevail in getting the nomination out of pure desperation among moderate Democrats. Or by, He's the only choice. By being the most conservative 
Democrat running, which would have never been the case when he was running back in the day. Oh, no, no, no. And and he's pretty dang progressive right now, but not in comparison to the other people running. All right. The Kaiser poll, the one we're talking about, 55% of the Democrats said they'd prefer to gradually build on Obamacare compared to only 39% who said they'd favor launching a new government program that would replace America's mix of private and public insurance. On another note, the nation's biggest phone companies are promising to use new technology to spot and block robocalls. The pledge is part of a deal with 51 attorneys general. Officials say there are well over 4.5 billion robocalls made to American phones just in July alone. 4.5 billion. Well, I know mine have increased a lot just recently. Um, but now my phone sometimes says scam alert. When, oh, yeah. when did it start doing that? Oh. I wasn't going to answer the phone anyway, but it's a scam right. alert. Uh, North Carolina Attorney General Joseph Stein was talking about this deal. The phone companies will help prevent illegal robocalls by implementing call blocking technology at the network level at no cost to customers. It would also let people know if the incoming call is real or coming from a spoofed phone number. Well, if ah, they, nice. If they have the ability to, to tell that, well, then, yeah, they got to block them. Yeah. The uh, one caveat to all this, companies don't Uh-oh. have a hard deadline to implement all the new technology, but they say it will be installed as soon as it's practical. So it may take a while to get this done. Yeah, they don't have a financial incentive, probably, so what's going to drive them to spend money on computers to make that happen? Well, now, this coming out today, or actually yesterday, Breaking Bad, the movie, has already been filmed. According to Bob Odenkirk, he revealed that the elusive Breaking Bad movie is already in the can. I am excited about the Breaking Bad movie. I can't wait to see it. Is there a lot of secrecy around it? Unbelievable secrecy. Yeah. I'm surprised you mentioned it. Like, yeah. I don't know what people know or don't know. Right. I find it hard to believe you don't know it was shot. They did it. <laughs> wow. You know what I mean? Like, like, how is that a secret? But it is. They... They've done an amazing job of keeping it a secret. Until until you started talking. Yeah, wait a right. blab, funny boy. <laughs> I didn't know they'd already filmed a Breaking Bad movie. Is it a prequel? Well, like, well it's almost got to be. I, Walt, I, Walt's dead. Spoiler yeah. alert. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know, but I have full... I, I'll see it. Uh, Vince Gilligan has earned my trust of... Uh, you can tell whatever stories you right. want. I'll check them out. Gilligan. Um, also, uh, Better Call Saul, I think, is coming back next month or something. I can't remember, but I love that show. The uh, movie, allegedly, will debut on Netflix. Huh. On Netflix. So anyway, this on that, Netflix. Yep, that's what's <laughs> that's what's going around right now. At your news, I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Bob Odenkirk is spending his life as a hilarious sketch comedian. Probably didn't think the biggest thing that would ever happen to him is you know playing a more or less serious part. Yeah, yeah. In a, in a, you know that that takes over his life and makes him as as famous as can be. Yeah, I mean because if you ever were into Bob and Dave sketch comedy, I mean it was. It was out there. Yeah. <laughs> Very funny. Yeah, he's terrific as Saul, though. Yeah. All right, so uh, coming up, man, we have so many good choices. There are only a couple of times I ever get stressed doing this show. It's when, like, it's a stupid slow news day, and, you know, there's just not that much going on. And then days like today when there's so many things we want to get to, I just don't even know what order to put them in. 
We've got just blockbuster emails from homeless people and people who deal with homeless who are absolutely in support of what we've been saying for a very long time. You've got mostly bums and junkies causing the problems. The nice folks who are down on their luck and trying to bounce back, man, they're not causing any of the problems everybody's talking about. So, well, we need to get people housing and blah, blah, blah to stop people from getting assaulted and pooing on the streets and jabbing at the tourists with needles and the rest of it, screaming at the passersby. That's, that's bums and junkies. So we'll be getting to that at some point. Uh, also, uh, I don't know, Cal Unicornia is rolling back their idiotic ethnic studies uh, curriculum. Uh, that's not good enough for me. But uh, all sorts of big stuff in the news. Yep. I hope you can stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Last March, we showed you conditions on the streets of Los Angeles that have brought medieval diseases back to life, like typhus. And since our report, the rat problem is even worse. More cases of the disease continue to pop up. Since 2018 in Los Angeles, there have been 150 cases of typhus and 27 typhus outbreaks. People are so picky, so the plague is coming back. Whatever. What's old is new. Eradicated diseases are back. It's, uh, you know, it's like vinyl's hip again. It's, it's that sort of thing. Oh, boy. So, you know, since we've started talking about this, we are in contact with the citizens of various blue cities and, um, and, and homeless folks who listen to the Armstrong and Getty show and people who deal with homeless folks all the time and people who deal with bums and junkies, which is a distinct subcategory. Got this note from Doug. I'm a bus driver that drives to Portland from Redding, California, three times a week. Today, I walked from my hotel to a nice restaurant to have breakfast. About a mile. This is downtown Portland, not some ghetto. First thing you notice is the pervading stench of urine everywhere. I turn a corner and come upon a woman squatting next to a trash can, defecating. Oh, wow. That's that's nice right before breakfast. A couple of, well, stay tuned. <laughs> oh, my God. A couple of blocks later, a man projectile vomiting in front of me. I passed no less than 20 bums in my mile walk. Getting to the restaurant, I told the server I'd lost my appetite. I'll just have a cup of coffee and explained why. She said the owner's been to multiple city council meetings where complaints just fall on deaf ears. Again, this is right in downtown Portland. Disgusting. Um, and then, wow. let's see, we got this absolutely fabulous note from Rhonda, who is homeless. Um, I suppose I could have just read it. Hi, my name is Rhonda. I'm homeless. Not a junkie. There are some homeless that are not junkies, and we agree with you completely about them. We've tried talking to caseworkers, police, and they don't listen to us till something bad happens. Then, even then, all they do is talk to them with, oh, poor baby tones to it and let them go. Yeah, that includes the cops. We've seen them commit crimes. Uh, we call the cops. The cops talk to them, take a ride for two blocks, and let them go free. They get out, smirk, wait for the cops to drive away, and scream and rant and go back to whatever crime they were doing before. We've seen this countless times. Sad, but it'll take deaths before they change things. The rest of us law-abiding homeless will suffer for this. There needs to be a separation between us and them. Their behavior is held against us when we try to get jobs and places to live. You hear that? My enlightened, generous, kind-hearted, progressive friends, you're ruining the lives 
of the honest, hardworking people who are down on their luck by, A, grouping all those people together, and, B, going soft on the junkies and the bums. And then this from First Initial S. Um, There's a very serious related issue you may not be aware of, the children. My husband and I are foster parents in the state of Oregon again. Our foster children were taken from the parents due to their homelessness and drug use. The parents, who were already homeless for a year, drove in from another state, parked their car, and stayed. There was no plan, no work, no family, no nothing. The children have lived in a car for almost two years by our estimate. The parents have chosen, yes, drugs and homelessness over raising their children. They've been given all the graces in the world to help them gain employment, but they do not want it. They receive free phones, food vouchers, bus passes, all in an effort to, quote, help them get back on their feet. Again, they want to be homeless. It pays more to be a homeless person than it does to get a job. The real victims are the children. Now, here's where it gets really interesting. The children who now think it is acceptable to demand everything from everyone with no regard to payment, reciprocation, or empathy to another's belongings. This is our daily struggle. The re-education of these children is exhausting, nerve-wracking, and absolutely maddening. I do not fault the children, however. They know no other way. I fault the parents for bringing these souls into a world where they have no basic human decency, no desire to uplift their own. I blame the parents for panhandling. In the same town, they know their children are being raised. Um, And the point being, obviously, this is the only culture these children know. It's hard to picture if you grew up uh, with the idea that people give you stuff. That's that's where you get food and and things like that. And you have no responsibility whatsoever to do anything to support yourself. That you're the unfortunate, and you just take and take and take. Um, I blame the parents for making us have to be hyper-aware at all times when driving down the street so that their children don't see them. I'd hate myself if I ever let the children see their parents in this state. I only wish the parents felt the same way. You know, I'm not sure I agree with you about that. It might be helpful, but I don't know. I certainly trust your judgment. You're way deeper in this than I am. I've seen so many sad changes occurring in our beautiful town. Tents, feces on sidewalks, trash littering our rivers, drug addicts dropping needles on playgrounds. Um, No, I don't have the answers to fix this problem. I think we do. What I have is a home filled with the children of people who want to be homeless, want to do drugs, want to lay on the steps of our neighborhood restaurant, never knowing their children were inside while we kept them hidden. This is the next generation if we don't stop with pandering and start yelling, no more, no more. Keep up the good fight, gentlemen. That's us. This article's in the Washington Post today. Should people have a right to sleep on city streets? Austin joins the national battle over urban homelessness. A new city rule allows people to sleep in public. Some residents are revolting over homeless encampments. No, no, no. New city rule allows people to sleep on the streets. And then they got the whole thing with the RVs parked in uh, Berkeley, a separate article that is in the Washington Post also with... um, it's uh, the the basic tone of the article is how is such a um, compassionate liberal city become so hard hearted that they're now complaining about it? it's become so gentrified they know they won't they won't allow all these people to park their RVs and there's a picture there in in Berkeley of a street with it's just RV it's like an RV parking lot right it's like an RV dealer right the street it's amazing can you imagine you bust your ass to buy a nice house in a nice neighborhood and then half a dozen giant RVs just park permanently. Right in front of your house. 
and and various ne'er do wells just live there. Here's a line I like from the the Washington Post thing about Berkeley. Uh, the, some people complaining about all the RVs parked everywhere, faced with sharp criticism from a changing population. City leaders have banned people from living in recreational vehicle, vehicles here, proving that even the most accepting of cities is not immune to the demands of uh, that often accompany wealth and gentrification. Because only wealth and gentrification doesn't want randos parked in RVs everywhere. Shooting up. <laughs> crapping on the sidewalk. Only wealth and gentrification would, right. would bring that sort of uh, lack of compassion. Are you kidding? Go anywhere you want. Go to some small town where they're as a middle class as you can get. No wealth and gentrification there. And park RVs all over the place and see if they like it. Right. It's not wealth and gentrification. God. Nobody wants that. Those people are delusional. I know that. it. I know. So <laughs> We've we've lost a cultural norm, which is if anybody engages in an activity that so obviously detracts from the quality of life of everybody who lives somewhere, the taxpayers, the honest people. I mean, and and start with crapping on the street if you like, and go on to needles and clogging up neighborhoods and 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 aggressive panhandling and all of it. Anybody who does stuff that makes life miserable has got to stop doing it and get the hell out. I mean. Everybody agreed on that. And then you've got these bizarre, misguided notions that is just gentrification or, or the Trump economy or the, the, uh, what do you call it? The, uh, uh the, 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 the patriarchy. That's the word I'm looking for. That, that's why there are so many junkies in Seattle. That's why downtown Portland is crappy. That's why downtown Sacramento and San Diego and San Francisco are now dangerous and ugly and it's leeching in the suburbs. That's not why. It's because you misguided numbskulls have made it so incredibly easy to be a junkie and a slacker and a bum. More and more people are choosing that lifestyle. Listen, you are not a bad person to say, Hey, this is a nice place. We ought to, have a, ought to have a quality of life higher than this. And these these scumbags ought to be shoved the hell out of town. You're not a bad person for saying it. Keep saying it. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good message right there. There's a lot of people that keep their mouths shut because they feel like, well, it sounds mean or, uh, you know, people will scream at me if I say anything about all the homeless people around here. Let's all let's all realize that most of us feel that way, and it's okay to talk about it out loud. Let let that. What is that? That's the Overton window, really, right there. What's acceptable to talk about in uh, in 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 polite society? Right. We need to make it acceptable again in polite society to talk about. I don't like homeless people around my my neighborhood, my park, right in front of my store. I don't like it. I want them gone. Well, and we're talking about bums and junkies because the. The, the righteous, down-on-the-lock, hard-working, unfortunate homeless people cause none of these problems we're talking about. No. Practically none. Maybe the RV thing a little bit. I've known a few homeless people that, that there's no way they were ever pooping on the sidewalk in right. front of a store. Right. And it's bizarre that we have to reintroduce in a polite society an attitude that used to be universally shared. But uh, I guess I guess we do. Um, but you're absolutely right. Yeah, do not be cowed in a silence and, and just keep spreading the message that <laughs> the, the junkie, making it easy for a junkie to be a junkie does not cure junkiedom. Nobody who deals with uh, addiction agrees with that. And according to whom? According to the homeless people themselves, according to the people who deal with them. That story about that guy walking to breakfast was rough. I wouldn't have eaten breakfast either. I'm not going to eat breakfast now. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. 
We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Every Day Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Every Day Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.